welcome to Tea Time Spiritual Conversations for With and About Women. I'm your host, Twana Henderson. And as always, I want to invite you to take a moment to like this podcast and to share it with others in your life. Well, today we have a very special guest and dear friend to me and my husband. Um, I'm so excited about having him with us today. And our guest is Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Uh, Pastor Jenkins is the newly appointed president of Converge, which for those of you who may not be aware, is a movement of churches committed to helping people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And this is done by starting and strengthening churches worldwide. Uh, recently, in a historic vote by the Converge Board of Overseers, uh, Pastor Jenkins was unanimously appointed as the first African-American to lead the 170-year-old organization. In addition to his appointment as the president of Converge, uh, Pastor Jenkins is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Glenarden, where he has served for the past 33 years. Um, the church, which has campuses in Landover and Upper Marlboro, Maryland, has a membership of more than 10,000 members. Uh, Pastor Jenkins also serves as the chairman of the board for the National Association of Evangelicals, uh, Project Bridges, and the Skinner Institute, as well as serving on uh, boards for numerous organizations, including Bethel University, Denver Seminary, and um, University of Maryland Capital Region Health, just to name a few. In 2022, Pastor Jenkins received an honorary doctorate of divinity from Denver Seminary in Littleton, Colorado. And in 2001, he received an honorary doctorate of divinity from Southern California School of Ministry in Inglewood, California. An interesting fact about him is that he became a licensed pilot in 2002 and takes great delight in flying. But even with his many obligations, uh, Pastor Jenkins holds his role as family man as the highest treasure. He and his wife Trina are the proud parents of six adult children and seven grandchildren. Pastor Jenkins, welcome to Tea Time. I am so honored to be on your podcast, on this podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm so proud of you and the work that you're doing. And thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for taking the time as I share. It's a pleasure just to have you here today and your busy schedule. I mean, I feel honored that you gave me some time to be able to, to talk with you. And I'm so looking forward to our listeners learning about John Jenkins, the man. Um, so I want to jump right in uh, because there's so much that I want to cover and I'm excited about hearing about you. Um, after reading your bio, I think it's I think it's pretty safe to say that you're living your best life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am living beyond what I ever dreamed or imagined. It, it just uh, it actually uh, blows me away to look at the doors that God has opened, the opportunities, and the uh, the places I've been able to go. So I'm honored and humbled by that. So I'm excited. Yes, it's better than I like living my kind of life. That's what I tell my church all the time. I like living my life. Well, of course, as I said, you know, I've known you for, for many years, and I know that the favor of God has been all over your life. Talk to us about your journey of leadership as a pastor and and now as a denomination leader. Well, you know, um, I, I, I had leadership opportunities as a child. So when I was young, I was like the senior patrol leader of the Boy Scouts, my Boy Scout oh, trip. Wow. Uh, I was the president of the choir. I was the president of the usher board. I was an usher. 
I was uh, a Sunday school teacher. So I began the whole role of being developed as a leader, as a young kid. And yeah. uh, so I grew up with those opportunities and uh, got licensed to preach at 15. And then uh, a most amazing thing is I, I was hoping to be called to be a pastor. And it seemed like it took forever for it to happen. I didn't get called until um, much later, uh, probably mm-hmm. in my mid to, to late 20s. And I guess mm-hmm. kind of early, but a small church in Virginia called me to be their pastor. And um, and in uh, 1989, uh, our, our pastor at First Baptist Church of Glenarden passed, my home church, and mm-hmm. uh, the church called me to be the pastor. So that's how it started, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just the journey of being having leadership opportunities and then being called to a small church in Virginia and then being called back to my home church. That's how it all called. And it led me to this role uh, as the uh president of Converge, and I'm honored to be there. And, you know, I, th- I think it's amazing when you can just kind of see the hand of God, you know, over your life and, you know, even starting, you know, as, you know, a, a child, you know, and seeing God's hand all over your life. Talk to us about that process, you you, you being the president of of Converge, this, this, this historic um, um, appointment. Talk to us about the process that brought you to the appointment as president of Converge. Well, for those who don't know, Converge is a denomination, 1,700 churches across the United States, 240 missionaries around the world, mm. uh, 170 years old. And I am the first African-American president that they've had Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a unique deal. It's a very unique deal. I not it's not that I'm the first qualified person of color to be the president uh, of it, but I'm honored that I'm able to fulfill this role. Uh, we had the previous president who suddenly, surprisingly, resigned, and um, uh, the board of overseers asked me if I would take the mantle and pick up that responsibility, and I. Talked with our elders at my church, who I'm accountable and responsible to, and they supported it. And here I have been it now for uh, since August the 7th or 8th, somewhere in that neighborhood, when this all happened. So it's an honor. Wow. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, I know that you have history with Converge. What what has been your journey with Converge? Because I know you've served in Converge. You've been involved with Converge. What what's been the journey um, with Converge? So I got introduced to Converge by my closest, dearest friend, a guy named Michael Henderson. I think you know him a little bit. <laughs> I think I know that guy. <laughs> Uh, Michael Henderson uh, moved to Maryland from Ohio and um, to plant a church. They were planting him, and uh, he started coming to our church and introduced himself to me, and we became friends. So wow. it started with him. I, I am here today because of your husband. He's the one. Oh he is the man who introduced me to Converge, and I joined Converge for three reasons. Let me talk about this for a moment because I want mm-hmm. to know why I joined it. I joined Converge for primarily three reasons. First of all, because it was a movement that focused on helping local churches instead of the local church empowering the, the movement. So most mm. of the most of the denominations I had been a part of, it was all about empowering the denomination. 
Yeah, but Converge yeah. was an organization that empowered the local church. I was attracted to that. I was attracted to the fact that it was a, uh, it plants churches. It was involved with planting churches. And I had a, mm-hmm. I have a passion for planting churches. And thirdly, I was, I joined it because um, this, I pastor a primarily African-American church. And a lot of the people in my church had lived through the civil rights era, lived through Jim Crow laws, lived through the dogs and the water hoses and the mm-hmm. being jailed. And they lived through that. So they have a positive image of, of uh, Anglos. And so mm-hmm. I wanted them to know that there are some Anglos that have a heart for, for people of color and who love Jesus enough to treat, uh, to treat everyone uh, appropriately. And so yeah, I wanted yeah. them to see that. I wanted them to experience that. So those were the three reasons why I joined Converge. And, it's, and I've learned it to be and experienced it to be the case and to be true, that the people are everything that, they, that we believe them to be. And I'm honored to be a part of Converge. Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. And I think just for the last reason that you said speaks to um, your heart as a pastor, you wanted them to be able to say, look, you know, in terms of the people of God, that they look differently, you know, and that we need to be open and, you know, um, uh, just seeing how expansive, you know, God's people are. Um, you mentioned that the previous um, president um, resigned suddenly. Um, you know, you are a strong leader for sure. And leaders are often tasked with uh, dealing with great challenges. What are some of the challenges that Converge faces as a movement during this time? Well, I'm I'm making two of the uh top two things I want to do is improve the relationships between the regions and the national office. Uh, for those uh, that don't know, Converge has 11 districts across the country. And in, and historically, there's been tension uh, between the regions and the national office. And the prior president had been working on that, and, and I want to enhance on that and keep that moving in a way to improve the relationship between the national office and the regions and the regional presidents and the districts. Secondly, we have the challenge of uh, funding the national office. So we got to figure out how we're going to fund the national office so it can continue to empower and help local churches. So those are, those are not the only goals that we have, but those are the top two challenges that we want to con- continue to, to, to move forward with. And that's, that's, those are my top two agenda items. Yeah, and those are some lofty um, goals. I mean, and I think, but that's, I mean, it takes a great leader to be able to to tackle those things because um, um, oftentimes we've got these great challenges and we have to have this kind of plan of attack um, to be able to deal with those things. Um, I know you said that you joined Converge for, you know, a few reasons. Um, just talk about the strengths of the movement. Well, it's it's one of the strengths. It's, a, it's several strengths of this movement. One of them is they are very relational. So they tend, they they uh, help church planters. They build relationships among the church planters. They uh, are very strong in training and teaching and planting churches. That's one of the top strengths of this movement. If you're interested in planting churches, this is a movement that can really empower you and help you to do that. And it is a relational organization. They are, 
even though they have structure, but it's very strong in relationships and building relationships. So I would put those those things as really strengths of uh, the Converge movement. Yeah, I think that, you know, in the, you know, day and age that we live in, um, if there was ever a need for more churches, um, it's now. <laughs> you know, we, we're living in a time now where we, we need churches and more and more places to be able to um, have the gospel to be um, spread. And in planning churches is one of the ways that that happens. Um, I know you said that, you know, there are the various um, regions or across the United States of Converge. So why is, why is it important to you and, and why should it be important to the thousands of churches in the movement um, in, in terms of what it offers and, and what it stands for? Well, I think every, I think, you know, God did not create us to operate in isolation. He did not create us to work alone or single-handedly or independently. It's important to be connected with others who have the same heart and the same vision that you have. We can accomplish so much work better together. I think that was one of the themes of, of Converge for a while. We're better together. And I agree with that. I agree yeah. that if we work collaboratively and together, we can accomplish so much more for the kingdom of God. It's not about building our little kingdom. It's not about building just our church. It's about building the kingdom of God. And I think yeah. it's important that churches are connected with a collaboration and work collaboratively with other churches is much better. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've seen just for myself, just how, um, Converge does a wonderful job at that with equipping churches and equipping staffs and equipping teams. And, you know, that doesn't happen a lot. And like you said, a lot of times, you know, organizations and denominations aren't as focused on building the local church as they are in terms of trying to figure out what they can get from the local mm -hmm. church. And, I, and that is something I think that's unique for um, Converge. Uh, I want to kind of turn the corner for a minute because I know, you know, I shared earlier that you have six children, uh, seven grandchildren. Who? that's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, what part has family played in your leadership development? Well, you know, having six kids and juggling those responsibilities uh, is a is a management deal. Uh, you know, I have three boys and three girls actively involved in growing up and, and them, you know, doing sports and school and church. Just the ability to manage all of that along with my wife. I'm not going to try to take all the credit. Uh, <laughs> my, my wife, uh, Sister Trina, Trina has done an incredible job managing our kids. And they're all grown now and They've gone to college and graduated, and they're all gainfully employed. I'm proud of that. Uh, and But I have to say a lot of that goes to my wife. But just being a part of of, of, of the whole management of a family yeah. is significant. And uh, those skills and things that we've done have worked into our church. Our church celebrated a huge thing this weekend, Twana. We, 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 we paid off our mortgage at the church it's a oh my it's goodness. a big it's a big deal uh 
Oh, wow. That we were able to do that. So uh, we're a debt-free church now. And I'm, just, wow. I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. And so we had to manage the resources to make that happen. And uh, yeah, absolutely. we're looking forward and hopeful that we can train other churches to do the same thing. So yeah, we're looking forward yeah. to being able to do that. And, you know, that's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, if you can train other churches to do that. But also, I think that speaks to, again, why you're the right person for this role as president, because you talked about funding the national office. And obviously, you're someone who understands um, um, how that needs to come about. Not that that's an easy thing, but I think it speaks to the fact that you understand what it takes. I hope so. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of support and a lot of help from the rest of the church, uh, the other churches and districts to uh, work with us to help make that happen. So we'll, we're going to, that's our top agenda. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, you know, when you have a lot of, um, just a lot of roles and a lot of responsibilities, um, none of us are able to do it without just the guidance of the word and the thing that fuels us. Um, is there a life scripture that, um, you know, it's kind of helped to shape your personal life and your leadership life? Yeah. Uh, my, my life scripture, James four, six, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God mm. loves humility. Now I can talk about this yeah. passage right here for the rest of the day. But let me just take a moment and talk about the fact that God empowers, anoints, and gifts people who walk in humility. And I, that's been my verse for my life. And uh, this is how I try to live my life, how I try to walk and carry myself in a humble way. He resists the proud. He opposes the plans of the proud, I think the new NIV says. But he gives grace to the humble. When he, when he gives grace, he gives you the ability to do what he's called you to do, the desire to do it, the gifting to go do it, the people to do it, when you walk in humility. And that's been the reality of my life. God has brought people in my life. God has uh, given, me, given me the people to give me the wisdom of the decisions I've had to make. Uh, God gives you grace. And if you walk in humility, he'll give you his grace. I think that is so true. And I think you do embody that. I mean, as someone who's sort of been on the sidelines of things and just seeing, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to say that, you know, we don't see a lot of humble people, but <laughs> <laughs> if I can say that, we don't see it not, you know, I mean, we have, we can be humble, but not when you think about people, when you describe people. And I think when people describe you, um, that's that's one of the, the words that comes up that that you are a humble man, and um, I think so. I think you 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 live out and walk out that scripture well um, because I, I've seen that I've seen your humility and um, and 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 it is a blessing just to be able to know that you walk in that. Thank you. Um, um, how can the movement pray for you? Uh, they can just hold my name up before the Lord. Call John K. Jenkins Sr. out. Uh, they can yeah. pray for um, these things, these two matters that I mentioned, both the relationship with the districts. Uh, mm -hmm. Pray for um, the finances. Uh, this mm -hmm. is something that all uh, a lot of churches are struggling with today. So pray for our finances. Pray for 
you know, your husband is, let me just say this, pray for our staff. Your husband's one of our, our vice presidents. He's our executive vice president. He's He's been such an incredible help and support over the years. He's my best friend. And pray for the staff of Converge, our national office, our regional directors and uh, regional presidents, and uh, even the people who volunteer to help make Converge what it is. We want to hold these individuals up in prayer so that they could hold yeah. those names up in prayer. That would be so helpful. Yeah, and we definitely want to do that because it's so important, just the work that is done, particularly when you're talking about starting churches, strengthening churches, and the enemy really ultimately not wanting to see that take place. Um, is there anything that you need, anything else that you need from the Converge family or anything else you just want to say um, to the Converge family? Well, you know, ultimately, uh, the, the first lady of our church, when I was the prior pastor of our church, his wife used to say, if you call yourself a leader and nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. <laughs> That's true. Um, and we want the support of the Converge family. Uh, we can't do anything without their support. Uh, I'm, I'm open. I'm going to be spending these next several uh, weeks and months ahead uh, getting to learn the, the leadership and the people. And I'm open to suggestions and I'm open to ideas and concerns. Uh, we want we want to hear from them. We want to hear what their thoughts are what they might want to suggest to us, things they'd like to see. I'm, I'm open to that. I did not come with an open agenda, an already established agenda. I'm open. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant to say. We don't have yeah. something already defined that this is what we're going to do. No. Uh, my kind of leadership is collaborative, and I'm open to suggestions and ideas and concerns from the, lead from the members of uh, the church, from the movement family. And I hope that they will be willing to share those things and give us their support. That those are the, the main deals, the main things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that is so important. And yeah, and so for those of you who are listening, who are part of the Converge family, that's it. You know, we want to come alongside to support, to, um, you know, pray and to um, lend whatever help we can. And let me, let me add one more thing to that, Twana, that... There might be some of your listeners who are not, they, they, they might have churches that are not a part of a, a movement, a family of churches. Yeah. And I want to invite them to go to converge.org and uh, check us out. Just uh, see if if you're not a part of a movement. Um, we're not trying to recruit people from other movements, but if you're not a part of a movement or that movement that you're in is not uh, helping you become everything God wants you to be, take a look at Converge because this is one of our our focus is on strengthening churches, uh, helping them yeah. be everything God wants them to be. Converge.org. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And again, yeah, go to Converge.org if you are, are, are connected or if you're listening and you need to, you want to share this podcast with your leadership and say, hey, you know, I don't know if we're part of any type of uh, denomination or if we're not. I really felt good about this. Um, well, Mr. President, I, like many others, um, are looking forward to the next season for Converge. And I know that as president, that you're going to align vision, um, that you're going to inspire everyone, and you're going to multiply resources. As we uh, prepare to close, um, can you just take a moment and pray, uh, pray for our listeners, um, especially those who are 
connected to a, a Converge church or okay. who serve with Converge in any capacity or who may be interested in learning about Converge. I will gladly pray. Let me pray that. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so thankful and so grateful for this opportunity to share with the listeners of Tea Time. Thank you for my precious sister, Twana. Pray for the pastors and first ladies and wives and women and others who are listening to this podcast. I pray, Father, for you to order their steps and guide their paths and build a fence around them to protect them from the attacks of the enemy. And Father, allow us to be able to accomplish together that which you have ordained for us to do, that your name would be exalted, that your name would be glorified, that souls would be saved and people would be changed. Marriages would be brought back together. Families would be strengthened. And when it's all said and done, the glory would be given to the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and we pray this, Father, in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Jenkins, President Jenkins, again, thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule. It has truly been an honor uh, talking with you and sharing with you and the opportunity to partner with you and to serve under you. To all of our listeners, I'm Tawana Henderson, and I look forward to connecting with you the next time. Be blessed of the Lord. Mm -hmm.